Hey, Changemakers, welcome to another episode of the Sacred Changemakers podcast. My name is Jane Morillo, and we have another great guest lined up for you today. And it's a conversation I'm really excited to have. But before we get into that conversation together, I want to remind you why we're here. Now, this podcast is about change and transformation, but it's not just any old change. We believe in change for good, which lies at the intersection of three things, purpose, impact, and prosperity. We want to encourage you to think a little wider about your own life from your personal and professional development to also ask the question, how can I make a meaningful impact with my life? It's time for us to find a way to live in resonance with each other and all living things. And at Sacred Changemakers, we're here to help to build the foundations of a more equitable, loving and resonant world. But first, a word to our sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by Coaches Business School, the world's leading business training for coaches and consultants, helping them to succeed in business so they can make a meaningful difference in our world. Go to coachesbusinessschool.com to get the tools, strategies, and frameworks you need to enjoy growing your business in a way that is profitable, predictable, and purpose-driven. And a big thank you to all of our coaches, because without them, this wouldn't be possible. Now, our guest on the podcast this week is Krina Ankuta, a leadership and life transformation coach and business consultant with 20 years of experience in the pharmaceutical industry. Krina empowers women executives to live fulfilled lives and amplify their impact. So they transform their organizations as inspirational, authentic leaders. Her unique approach to transformation taps into the fundamentals of effective leadership in today's challenging world, whilst also ensuring her clients have the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual foundation to bring their best self to work. So Krina, welcome to the Sacred Changemakers podcast. I'm really looking forward to talking to you today. Thank you very much, Jane. Really looking forward to our conversation. I know we've got a great title today for our conversation. So we're going to be talking about can women reimagine business and heal the corporate world? Now, before we dive into that, because it's something I'm passionate about as well. But before we dive into it, I really want to ask you, you know, we've just heard your professional bio there, and I'd love for our audience to get a sense of the real life human behind the bio. Who is she? Well, the real life human is a normal woman in her mid-50s dealing with all the challenges we women at this age are dealing, considering how society has put certain norms on us, like to look young, to um, be very, you know, perfect right. and yeah it's um the woman behind is is recreating her life is trying to live um in integrity with her values is navigating the empty nest syndrome <laughs> with better days and days which are a great learning opportunity. She is thinking how to reimagine her family with grown-up children. But what I think is important for our conversation today, this woman is passionate about helping other women in the corporate world to heal themselves so they can change what has to be changed now in the world mm. to have an impact, to step up and um, shine. I think these times there is so much need for, for women who are strong and compassionate, who are brave and vulnerable and uh, that's um, my purpose for the coming years. 
And I want to thank you because you've just set the tone for our conversation here. And I think it's a great role model for, for other women as well in you know, your openness to this conversation. You really did dive deep there behind the bio and, you know, showed us what it's like to be a woman in her mid-50s. And this is not a conversation I hear very often publicly because, you know, I do believe, and it's not just for women, I actually believe this is true for, for men as well, is this idea that when we're publicly speaking, we need to put on some kind of persona. But what you've done here is you've almost given me an invitation to kind of go beneath that professional veneer, let's say, and really get to the heart of the matter. So I love that because you just said there women need to be brave and vulnerable. And that's what you're modeling here. So I just want to thank you for that um, straight off the bat. And I want to ask you, Krina, you know, what, what is it in your life journey that has brought you to this work? I mean, what experiences have you had that has meant this is so important to you right now? Well, I guess uh, throughout my life, there was a red wire of trying to do good for other people. That's why I um, started um, being a medical doctor because I wanted to uh, cure diseases and uh, when um, in a family of two young doctors more than 20 years ago in Romania we were struggling to make ends meet uh, there was an opportunity to go in the pharma industry and uh, that's when I discovered that uh, I um, I can do more and um, it's interesting how us women, we are trying to um, juggle <laughs> with a lot of plates and um, not um, be too much. And I remember when I was part of the um, company's board in Romania as a head of a business unit, saying, I have no particular career uh, aspiration. I'm happy where I am. I'm, um, I'm looking forward to, to do good where I am. And uh, what happened then was um, an important change in my personal life and an opportunity to become a general manager in a neighboring country. And um, with that opportunity, I realized that uh, my, um, you know, inner lack of confidence coming from a Central European country, um, but having the chance to, to change the lives of people, to influence uh, health policies, that, that was a triggering moment to see, well, yeah, I, I can contribute more. And uh, that led me to, to roles in, in the UK where I navigated cultural changes. So from treating patients, I was within the pharma industry trying to find solutions to support doctors to treat patients until a moment when I had the sense that um, the bottom line became too important in the conversation. And um, I will be very honest, um, I was no longer performing at my best. And I see this so often with, with women leaders, when you are disconnected from the company, when you don't see a purpose resonating with you any longer, it's a very difficult conversation because on one hand, you might need to pay bills and uh, school fees. And on another hand, your soul is really looking to, to fully be expressed and, and to really make an impact. 
And making an impact doesn't always mean to, to win a Nobel Prize for peace or for science. So for me, I was very lucky to start coaching inside that organization. And when I had the opportunity to, to leave the company, I said yes, and I knew that this is what I wanted to do, to, to be a coach. And coaching for me is a wonderful mix of seeing people opening up, and then you see the most beautiful part of them. And then I have the chance to help them kind of dreaming bigger and uh, shedding out all the social constructs or stereotypes or, you know, um, generation-led um, limiting beliefs which are blocking them. And that's, that's, what, that's what brings me joy now. I've, I've been spending my last couple of years studying. I was hungry for understanding how the human mind works, how our body is talking to us and we are not listening. And um, I think if something is mind-blowing for me now is how each and everyone can impact their life. They can create a reality. They can create a future only if they heal some wounds and they are radically honest about what they need to change to be better and they are 100% true with themselves. Mm. And I hope I did answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly did. It's, it's funny because when you, it, and it almost, you know, when you, you talk about healing the wounds, when you talk about the stereotypes, when you talk about the generational led beliefs, you know, the limiting beliefs that have been passed down from generation to generation around women and women leaders, it kind of reminds me of when I was listening to your answer to the question about the human behind the bio, because I could almost feel your wounds here, right? And I, I don't want to go into this personally, but I do want to kind of tease out here, you know, for our listeners, like, what are the challenges that women face in leadership? And that potentially you might have faced as well, which kind of makes leading as a female different to leading as a man. Do you see what I mean? Like, what are those wounds you're talking about, those limiting beliefs, those stereotypes? Can you just kind of walk us into that a little bit? Yeah, I would say... Women had to... fight for generations for their rights to, to vote, to take a seat at the table. And I think now we are taking the extra step to uh, be seen as equals at home when it comes to childcare and um, you know, navigating this working from home in, in very strange times. So um, what I can share from my personal experience is that sometimes I felt I needed to behave like a man in order to be accepted in a male-dominated industry. I remember moments when I was the only woman around a table in a board meeting. And yes, uh, you then decide you need to be very um, rational because indeed emotions, which are uh, what we expect from women are not welcomed in a business environment. And then you think that uh, you need to separate your feelings from, from work, your home life with your work life. And if we could only 
um, gain something from, from the crisis the pandemic brought us is the fact that we cannot separate who we are. And um, at this age, I, I'm finally finding my, my voice and my courage. And it's not easy because, um, again, something which we see in, in, uh, in many um, business environments, when you might be ridiculed for being too emotional, you hide your emotions. When you um, are expected to just speak about business, uh, you will not share who you are. And um, I've learned from my own mistakes as a leader, thinking that uh, office time is just about key performance indicators. And um, then life has shown me that is is more about that. It, it's it's so much more than that. Mm-hmm. So what I what I know now is that um, when you bring your true self, irrespective of how atypical that is, when you are seeing the person behind the role and behind the tasks they have, that's when the magic happens. That's when people become creative. That's when you have the commitment to to a vision you share. So I think the, the key elements which women need to have the power to bring now in business, in, in the corporate world, and basically everywhere in their life is their empathy and, and the compassion, which is kind of in our DNA. Yeah. And uh, the feelings, that connection with the heart and um, the communication, the vulnerability, and I'm not saying that men don't have it. I think it's, 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 it's mandatory to recognize that they have been forced to hide feelings. Brené Brown was, was uh, sharing the, the key themes uh, when it comes to shame. Um, and, and one of the, 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 the top one when it comes to men is don't show you're weak. You need to be strong. So when, we, when, when generations and generations of men have been brought up to be strong, then they become leaders who are challenged when they need to show compassion. They don't think they are the, the expected leaders. So that's why it is so important to change now these dynamics and and the way we see power, the way power was was for for hundreds of years described as um, how it should be and and how power could be now with with us being inclusive, with us reaching out to our humanity irrespective of the environment we are in. You cannot just hug a friend who comes and says, I'm, uh, I'm really having a difficult time. So what would happen if you would really ask one of your colleagues at work, I see you're struggling. And you know, I can feel your pain and, and let me see how I can help you because that's when, when we all win. And as I'm listening to you there, I'm almost reflecting back on different corporate environments that I've worked in over the years, both as an employee in my younger days and and as a consultant later. And what's interesting to me is that I've been in this space now for probably Uh, Three decades, (laughs) gosh, (laughs) three decades. And um, in that time, 
this is a conversation I've been very aware of. And in that time, not much has changed. (laughs) And it's kind of interesting because I love the way you kind of talked about, like you pulled it out of just being a female issue, because I think primarily that, you know, as women, leadership is different. Let me put it that way. Because I think the context in which we lead responds to us in a different way than it does to men. And yet, you know, I, I, I've been in multiple organizations across the world where kindness, as I've heard you say before, is a weakness. Compassion is a weakness. Anything that's seen as a softer emotion is seen as weakness and judged accordingly. Just like I remember in my early days, Karina, this probably make you smile. I used to like going into work, going into a head office or whatever. I used to have to put a jacket on <laughs> because until I got my shoulder pads in my jacket on, I didn't feel like a leader. And that was almost me. I didn't realize it at the time, but that was me armoring up. Right. Because there's no way I'd go into to this day. I wouldn't go into the corporate boardroom like you said, you've said to me before in a flowery dress like that just is not, that's not Jane, the leader. There's a different identity there that I've cultivated that is more masculine, is more pushy. And yet I feel we're in times now where, and I don't know, I'd love to get your view on this because this is a perspective of mine and it's very personal to me, which is I've never really wanted to be part of the discussion of men versus women say for example like sometimes the feminist movement is seen to be or perceived to be I see it much more as an integration of the masculine and the feminine and there's wounds and there's needs on kind of both sides of the equation like how like what's your sense of of that (laughs) do you know what I mean have I made sense I I couldn't (laughs) agree more and indeed um, it's it's not a it's not a conversation about uh, men versus women. It's more a conversation about integrating mm. and appreciating what we all bring to the table. Yeah, and. Um, It's all of us um, having that courage to look at our blind spots. You know, this this, uh, International Women's Day had um, the tagline, um, break the bias. Mm. And, um, you know, I, (laughs) I decided a couple of years ago to give up uh, my, my, uh, let's say, social uh, image and uh, social accepted or social appreciated status. I am now mostly working in my, my um, home. Um, and, and I think it's, it's my commitment to going beyond the image each of us have, going beyond these armors we always put up and um, why (laughs) not because I'm a very touchy-feely emotional um, middle-aged hopefully woman no because deep inside when I had the real conversation with clients, men and women. These, that is where we meet. This is what all of us are craving for. Mm-hmm. We are craving for that deep connection. We are enriched by the relationships we have in life. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is about enriching the work relationships. We needed a pandemic for all the HR teams to become desperate and and hire 
consultants and coaches to, oh my God, um, how can we um, help leaders develop empathy? <laughs> or how can we, you know, and I was speaking recently with, with women I admire. I had the chance to work with them. And they are, you know, senior VPs. They are leading in, in key companies. And interesting enough, even if the pandemic forced them to, to do homeschooling on top of a senior executive role, when I asked her, when I asked them, what are they most proud of and what their teams appreciated more was that human connection, that openness of saying, I have a bad day or I'm sorry, I'm tired today. I won't be able to take this call because I want to be at my best. And that's where we need to go. It's not at all men versus women. And it's about helping women to express themselves as women and as men. Leaders, we all of us need to contribute. We need to create a safe space for that. We need to try and, and at least observe our judgments if we cannot <laughs> eliminate them from start. I, I have a daughter and a son and I can only hope that my son with the seeds I've see in, I see now flourishing already will be a man who will stand up with compassion and who won't who will not be afraid to say when he has done something wrong because that's how we build trust as leaders that's how we build trust as people it's it's about um, A lot of honesty <laughs> we have first with ourselves. I do have this, I would say, obsession. It is about healing the parts of us who um, need these armors. Because I will be very honest, um, being in, in the headquarters of, of one of the biggest pharma companies in the world here in London, I was always aware of my accent, which is not the normal British accent. I was always aware of my lack of, uh, you know, um, knowledge and expertise compared with, with other people who had different access to education. So my commitment now to my clients is helping them to discover what is unique about them because we are so different and the gift comes from when we step up into our power and bring our uniqueness. And we might find at a certain point that the place where we are in is not the place where we can bloom and I think that's the moment of radical honesty. That's the moment when you need to, to go to where you feel welcomed, where you belong, or you know, bring the people who are like you around you and, and start, start, you know, maybe a, a revolution. I think Ariana Huffington. Um, mentioned this in, in her book Thrive almost 10 years ago, um, that we need to change the, the definition of success, which has been for years about power and money and at that third metric. And that third metric needs to um, include well-being, needs to include uh, wellness, needs to include 
um, sorry, um, wisdom needs to include um, our giving. So yeah, it's 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 a lot of the things women do when they don't judge themselves, when they don't censor themselves. They do care about others, and this is something now um, confirmed by by science. You know the the typical flight or flight fight or flight response we know everybody has in in a crisis. Well. I was surprised to, to find a couple of years ago that although this is common to all the people, men and women, the initial studies in, I think, the 1930s were done on men. And when scientists repeated these studies with, with women, what we've noticed is that there is a different pattern of women response to crisis. And that is tend and befriend. Our instinct is to take care of others, take care of your family, your close ones, the people you care about. In a corporate environment is your team. And befriend, build connections, net, bring, bring the real network, the, the network which is, uh, used for growth and uh, creativity, and not let's say a network which is used for, for personal uh, achievements and uh, you know, career acceleration. So I think this is where I, I hope the future is taking us. And that's why I'm so passionate about um, allowing these um, traits to be fully expressed by women and allowing men to express them. Yeah, and I, you know, in many ways, you're answering the question that is our title here, you know, can women, can women reimagine business and heal the corporate world? And, and what you're describing there with the, you know, like the tender befriend, the natural way that that women kind of lead in, in different environments and circumstances, you know, kind of orients us in a way to, um, to bring back the humanity to business, I believe, to, to really start to, and so I see it like this, and I, I, in some ways I think maybe it's a little bit extreme, I don't know, people have said it's idealist, but um, it's like, can I, can I bring my soul to work? <laughs> it's one of the questions I've talked to a number of senior teams about, men and women. And, and it, it's kind of interesting, I think, that there's a cultural bias that we're all aware of as women against the, the softer skills, which then almost sets up this condition in a, a corporate culture that softer skills are not welcome. And I've certainly been in many, many boardrooms where they've talked about leaving your emotions on the on the front door as you walk in. Like, well, don't bring them to work. We don't, we don't want them. Almost like, you know, people are machines, whether they're male or female or whatever. And, and it, it's kind of interesting to me that you know, as I'm listening to you talk, it feels very deep. It feels very much like, you know, can we bring our authentic selves to work? And 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 it's almost like I think I think the assumption I would say, Karina, is from what you're sharing is it's almost like I get this strong sense that we've lost the soul of what it means to work together, to collaborate together, to co-create together, to understand that we're equal, to all those things are not just across gender, but across race and disability and all the other places where people feel less than. <laughs> and so I'd love to ask, you know, when in our title, we talk about reimagining business 
and healing the corporate world. What's your sense of what's needed here in this space to take us into a better future? Well, it's interesting you men mentioned the, the world soul. <laughs> yeah. I think um, maybe the first step is for each of us to take a few moments every day to really connect to what is our soul really hungry for. And, um, you know, we can ask our mind, we can ask our heart, we can ask our gut, our instinct, what to do in a certain situation. But with the transformational coaching I've been studying, I've realized that when we take time and dive deep and connect with an inner wisdom, which each of us is having, we will find the answer. So first is really acknowledging that when we listen to our soul, we will know the way forward. And I want to laugh when you're saying I've got to interrupt you because I really I've got this giggle coming up. <laughs> right. And I so I'm going to share it with you because I feel this is exactly what people have been doing post lockdown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's why we've got all these people leaving the corporate world in 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 like droves, just like I am so happy you, do you say know this. what I mean? <laughs> because exactly. it's like, isn't that what we're going through in these times right now? Yeah. <laughs> And, and it's interesting that um, it seems like we're not really listening. Right. And what, and the hope I have from this movement is that one by one, we are finally connecting mm -hmm. to what is valuable in our life. Yeah. And I think Simon's, Sinek was, was mentioning this in, in his amazing book, The, the Infinite Game, mm -hmm. with the infinite mindset. Um, it's not about the conversation, the debate you win now. It's not about the promotion you get in a month or not. Life is so much more than that. And the companies who will change the world and who are um, making a difference are the ones where a sole purpose is the vision of the company. And that's where people stay. That's where employees don't leave. So, yeah, it's it's... It's a very good signal. And I know we are, we are, we, we have traveled very difficult times and, and there are difficult times ahead of us. And I feel like two years of, of pandemic crisis pushed us towards an accelerated transformation. It's like it's either now or never. And where I'm enthusiastic about is the fact that there is no way we can stop this. <laughs> you know, there is no way we can tell employees that we don't care you have at home uh, sick parents or children struggling with anxiety or depression. We won't take that answer. Uh, there is no way we can ever say that uh, Black Lives Matters is a movement in 2020. There is no way in, in this digital connection 
we cannot accept that we are a global village. What's striking me is that we still think we are important as a person or as a nation. And some of us think that are better than others. Hmm. We are human. We are deep inside the same. When we find our humanity, that's when we can survive. And that's when uh, a business place will, will grow and even have profit. And hopefully connecting with your soul, you will use that profit for the best. But mm -hmm. I, I, I'm wondering if, you know, <laughs> your audience wouldn't like to have some more precise uh, action <laughs> steps. And I think I was mentioning some of them in, in an article of mine <laughs> in LinkedIn when yeah. I had the courage to say what I, what I thought, because, you know, I'm a simple woman. I, and I'm saying this to give courage to every woman irrespective of her age or, gen, or, 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 or preference or, I don't know, uh, religion or race, uh, not even mention the country or, or, or the place in the world you're coming from. You can dive into your inner wisdom and you are allowed to share what you think and your voice needs to be heard. And I think the way to, to change the business is definitely with starting accepting that we are imperfect or kind of perfectly imperfect as we are. Which means asking for help, allowing others to come with different opinions, recognizing our mistakes and giving that that psychological safety for the right conversations to happen, for the creativity to bloom, allowing people to fail. I'm learning this now as an entrepreneur from my entrepreneur friends. Oh my God, it's mind blowing. It's like failure is part of life. We only learn the big lessons of life when we have failed. So I think maybe we women are less, <laughs> um, less prone to, to this pride of I'm perfect. I have failed. Mm -hmm. I, I will do it again. Let's bring that into, into the workspace and learn how to do better next time. I love that. I love that you've brought that up because I think it's so very important. And it, it kind of reminds me of a, a conversation I had on Monday this week with a senior exec male leader who was trying to impress on me that there was a talent shortage. <laughs> um, he's, he's trying to recruit and struggling to recruit. And uh, he said, there's a talent shortage. And I said, well, what if you're wrong? I said, there's plenty of talent out there. What is, why is it that your organization can't attract it? <laughs> right? And so- That was a tough conversation. Yeah, so, because, I mean, this is true really, is really thinking deeply at all different roles that leaders play, even down to recruitment. You know, there's, we talk about the glass ceiling for women. I'm, it's still there, I know it is. Um, you know, there's all these, like limitations and parameters that, that women play because of the different roles we have in life as mothers and caregivers of all these different things that we kind of culturally do that, that doesn't seem to have been the domain of men, but is now becoming more and more that. And, and I, I love how 
you know, we're starting to get data through now showing that, you know, organizations that recruit women into senior positions usually perform better than those that have an all-male boardroom. So we're starting to see these, these things coming through. And yet, I think it's still hard for those that are in power, which are mainly men, white men right now, to actually start to think about sharing that power, because that's not the context or the environment or the systems that we've created. It's almost like we've created an environment that works really well for a white middle class male, and everybody else just tries to fit in. <laughs> and so, you know, my question to you really is, is that, you know, can women really, are, are we the ones that are going to come in and, and, and quite naturally, like, shift the axes here so that maybe there is more of a human approach to power rather than it being a white-dominated male approach to power? I, I don't know. I mean, it's... It feels to me like that feels like something that, you know, I could say. But then on the other side of it, I feel like I'm fitting into this, the bumper stickers, you know, like the future is female that you see on some back of somebody's car or, you know, that kind of thing. And, and in fact, the Dalai Lama said that yeah. women will, <laughs> will like, you know, save the world. And I just wonder, like, how do you do that as a woman when the environment, the context is still biased against us. It's still different. It's still, it's still looking for stakeholder like value. It's still for profit, really, in most organizations, still anyway, here in the US, it's still about more, more, more profit, 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 which quite honestly is a more, I see that as a more masculine conversation than this new conversation we're trying to usher in, like you say, with that Marion Williamson talked about, with, you know, there being a different definition of success. So, I mean, what's your take on that, Queena? I've said a lot there, I know. <laughs> yeah, I think the short answer to your question, if the women can have this impact, can make this change, is yes, we can. <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> um, but I won't sugarcoat this because I've been in the same place and it was easier for me to copy the model of power I've seen around as being successful. And um, I am still, you know, a lot of uh, under the impression of a fabulous book I've been finally reading these days. And that's um, Elizabeth Letter Lesser's book, oh, um, Cassandra one? Speaks. Oh, my gosh. I haven't when, read that. Yeah, go on. Well, when women are the storytellers, the human story changes. Oh, well, I would say that should be a mandatory book mm. in every school all around the world. As I think, you know, um, daring greatly, <laughs> yeah. Brené Brown should be. But coming back to, to, to what Elizabeth Lesser was saying is, and, and to your question, if women can make this change, we have lead amazing, we have led amazing transformations in the past, mm. you know, hundreds of years. And if we only look at a recent example, and I know maybe people are sick of this example, but it's true. Uh, the top five countries who managed best the pandemic crisis were countries led by women. Mm. So yes, women can mm. change the world, but they need to step into their real power and embrace 
their qualities as we started is like being strong and being vulnerable. Bringing that compassion, getting in touch with what you are really feeling and in a conversation instead of being aggressive because you have faced all that aggression all your life in business conversations to say honestly, I am not feeling respected here, holding your boundaries and redirecting the conversation. And it's easier said than done, but we already have models of women who are doing that. And I would say with what you're doing here, Jane, with, with the courage you have to, to title your podcast as Sacred Change Makers, you're such an inspiration because we need to have the courage to use words who have been ridiculed and who might heal the world, like soul, mm. like even love, like something yeah. sacred. And, and I, I'm kind of sorry I have this courage only when I'm now at this age. And I know I had my courage step by step. Maybe I'm not acknowledging the, the, the transformations and, and the wins I had. Mm. But I feel like now, if we don't speak now, then we should not be complaining in a few years if the world looks the same. Right. We cannot blame um, some institutions which no longer help us or support us. We can make that change. We cannot always blame a toxic work culture. And I know it's, it's difficult to, to fight against that. And it's so easy to just feel a victim. But this is where the shift can happen. So what I'm working with my clients is starting from, okay, how did you kind of co-participate in this dynamic? Because yeah, you can have an aggressive boss, and unfortunately, that boss can be a man or a woman. But how many times did you set the right tone of the conversation saying, this is no longer possible? The more we step into that power and the more we go to this tend and befriend, count on, on like-minded people, like wholehearted living men and women, that's when we get the, the momentum. That's when we, we, can, we can change things. And we have so many um, examples of massive changes in the past. So yes, I'm, a, I'm an optimist and uh, I, I choose to be an optimist as I choose to to show who I really am with my um, you know, good parts and bad parts and try to heal the, the things I, I have to heal. So I don't um, see the bad in others. I, I see how I can change and how I can see the good in others and help them change also. Mm. And you've brought up some really important points there because I know looking back on my career, the amount of times uh, somebody, well, a, a guy usually has said to me that, um, you know, there's nothing needs to change for women because, you know, it's almost like we're complicit in the bias because we don't take a stand or we haven't in the past or whatever. Like, you can't just say that now, Jane, you've been all right with it for the last year. Like, why are you talking, speaking up now? <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, so it's kind of interesting, this idea that 
And I believe we've got a perfect storm because, you know, you're talking now about being in your 50s and I'm in my mid 50s as well. And there's a maturity there now, which means I'm grounded in my own authenticity and my soul work much more than I was as a younger woman. But not only that, this this time that we're in now, it almost feels like the Kairos is kicking in. Right. This this is like the perfect storm now. I feel we've got a real opportunity in this space right now. I feel women are rising up. And so, I mean, we've had the Me Too movement. We've got other like uh, movements that are really showing that we need to be wholehearted, as you say now, you know, not just in the gender, but in the race and in any area where there is inequality or inequity. And so. Like, what do you feel about this time right now? Because it's almost like it's meeting you and I at the perfect time where we are feeling bolder and more courageous and taking our ground. And and for me personally, I don't know about you, Karina, but for me now at this point in my life, I'm not settling anymore. I'm noticing how I, I am willing to take on a person or a conversation or an environment that is you know, exclusive in some way and is not inclusive or, you know, is kind of out of alignment with what I would want the future of our world to be, particularly for things like my my daughters. I've got two daughters and my granddaughter. You know, I want these changes to be in. And I feel that right now we have a unique opportunity to really be understood in a way that I think perhaps in the past hasn't, or certainly not in my life, hasn't presented itself. Yes, indeed. I think it's a unique opportunity and um, it all starts with how we decide to see the world and how we decide we want to be in that world. Hmm. And let's start with the age. We could say, well, at this age, according to old society uh, expectations, we should be just, you know, going on a side and being silent. And still, we know that we've learned so much in the years we've lived and it would be such a shame to not share at least our lessons so maybe people have uh, a simple insight from that which might inspire or help them or at least you know raise a question could things be different then it's about choosing what are you really going to do? Because it's time to move from, from, you know, the intention we have, the vision we have towards and actions. And uh, that is very often outside of our comfort zone. But it's outside of our comfort zone just the first time or the second time. And then it's like the new normal, a good new normal. I'm I'm really encouraged to see how many young women have the wisdom I have. So I'm dropping down these judgments about age. Mm. Um, I'm so inspired to, to see the generosity women have all around. And, and that helps me to, to think instead of, you know, what do I want my business to be? What is my business target for the next years? To change the question and say, how can I better serve the clients I'm working with so they are better leaders and they can change the world. And I know here we totally share this, this, uh, this dream, this, this commitment to, to the role coaches can have. 
Yeah. I, I don't need to be um, in, I don't know, in an interview with Oprah. It's enough for me to coach a bold, brave woman from the, let's say, so-called third world countries to be stronger, to be more authentic, to drive a change in her community. And that's the way how I am changing the world. That's lovely because it makes it so accessible for all of us in that way, that ripple effect that goes out is a change that I think is meaningful and really needed right now. So I love that you've gone there. Anyway, Karina, I'm noticing the time. So I, I would like to bring our conversation to a close, but before I do, I just want to ask you one final question. You know, if there's, if there's something you wanted to share with our audience, maybe, you know, some wisdom, anything that we perhaps haven't touched on yet, what might it be? Yeah, maybe I would, I would use a quote from, from this book I, I so much loved, where Elizabeth Lesser was saying, healing the self and healing the world go hand in hand. And she was mentioning about authenticity and this idea of inner vision. And inner vision is uh, complementing activism. And it's about looking at your own blind spots, at your biases, at your projections. So paraphrasing her, I would say... Um, Let's have the courage to look inside ourselves and see what we are not proud of and try to change that and have another big courage to see what is brilliant that society has been telling us it's... Mm, not acceptable, it's too much, or it's too little, or it's not trendy, and just bring that. Bring that and, and nurture that. And as a result, <laughs> the corporate world healing might happen, and we will be, in the end, um, Living a fulfilled life. Like knowing that um, we woke up in the morning and uh, we've lived in integrity with our values. We smiled to a stranger. <laughs> um, we have done something which is not on our to-do list and that something might mean calling a friend to tell them, you know, I just thought about you today and Maybe I have never told you, but I, I really love you. I appreciate you. So, um, yeah, it's it's totally in our power to to make our life beautiful and to change what we don't like in the world around us. Karina, thank you so much. I have really enjoyed our conversation today. And I know that our audience will be feeling inspired right now and have learned so much from you. So thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you very much, Jane. Thank you. Okay, guys, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening in. But before we go, I want to remind you that all of the resources and the links for our guests are in the show notes at sacredchangemakers.com. A big thank you to our sponsors, Coaches Business School, who are helping us to make a direct impact aligned with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, all visible on our website. And if you're a coach wanting to grow your impact, you will need to understand how to build a business that works today. Check out our free Coaches Business School quiz. It's a business quiz and it will help you grow your business in a way that works for you and your clients and helps make a meaningful difference in our world. Hashtag transition team. 
It's time we build a bridge from what you want in life to include what the world needs from you. Together, we can make a meaningful difference. And again, you can find us at sacredchangemakers.com and our sponsors at coachesbusinessschool.com. And if our episode resonated with you today, I hope you'll consider joining us. So for now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your intention and efforts to make our world a better place. Until next time, lots of love.